Forty Podcast, episode number thirty-two. This track is uh, realized by VNC. It was recommended and sent to me. Just wanted to play it here on the podcast. We're live streaming right now. It's currently at ten eighteen a.m. on a Thursday, August 9th, twenty eighteen. Good track. Uh, we're awaiting Vice President Michael Pence uh, to deliver remarks regarding the future of the United States uh, military within space. We're streaming now at j-dorty.com slash live and on the jdorty YouTube channel. And as we await, uh, I'd like to just talk a little bit about uh, some other news. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Sarah Sanders and uh, Jim Acosta's their whole debacle that happened very recently. Uh, that one was <clears throat> that, that was pretty good. I, I thought that was actually fairly entertaining in the way that uh, Jim Acosta was kind of a very uh, like a preacher almost in uh, making his point very clear to Sarah Sanders and trying really just to make her state that the press is not the the enemy of the American people. Uh, was really just, uh, I think it was perfect. And I actually do think that her response was relatively sane. Uh, her, her response to, her, uh, to his question was relatively sane to his um, question. She made her point very clear. She didn't seem like a lunatic in any way. And it, I mean, less so than all the other <clears throat> times that she speaks. Um, I believe we have the clip here. I'll cue it up. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's this is really interesting. Obviously, it's a very interesting time uh, with the press and, and the media. And I think it really this whole conversation that they're about to have that I'm about to play for you really sparked uh, because Ivanka Trump said that she disagrees that uh, the 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 press is the enemy of the American people, which Donald Trump has stated numerous times, of course. Uh, so in this in this uh, in this little uh, clip that I'm going to play for you, this little sound bite, it's about three minutes long. Uh, I like to call it the Acosta Sanders debacle. Uh, it's really interesting. I think you'll get a kick out of it. If we can get the levels up, uh, can we get the levels up? It's yeah. Um, I think we're working on it. A little bit of a technical issue right there, but uh, anyway, this is uh, Jim Acosta, Sarah Sanders. They're talking. Uh, this whole conversation again sparked uh, all because of um, what be uh, all because of what his own daughter who disagreed with him, even though that's a fairly large uh, thing to point out. And Sarah Sanders even goes back and references the times where the media was. Uh, was attacking her personally and everything. Jim Acosta apologizes for that on behalf of the other people, not apologizing directly. But really, the point of it was to admit that the press is not the Amer- the enemy of the American people. Uh, but and uh, Sarah Sanders, in my opinion, kind of gave the slight impression that she doesn't believe that it's the enemy of the American that the press is the enemy of the American people. She even says that she's clearly speaking on behalf of the president. She's not uh, speaking uh, on her beliefs, because that's not her job. It's a very interesting time. Here's Jim Acosta, Sarah Sanders. 
I just wanted to follow up on, uh, on Sarah's question from NPR. She asked you about Ivanka Trump's statement that the press is not the enemy of the people. And she asked you whether or not the press is the enemy of the people. You read off a laundry list of your concerns about the press and, and things that you feel like are misreported, but you did not say that the press is not the enemy of the people. And I, I, I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here uh, at this briefing that the press, the people who are gathered in this room right now, uh, doing their jobs every day, asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier, are not the enemy of the people. I, I, I think we, we deserve that. I think the president has made his position known. I also think it's Would ironic. Telling us, I'm, I'm Sarah, trying to answer you know, your question. Okay, well, I, I it, politely waited, and I even called on you, despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. Well, you I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you, if you finish, yes. if you would not mind letting me have a follow-up, that would be fine. But it's ironic. Jim, uh, that not only you and the media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without any content other than to incite anger. Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials are not welcomed in their place of worship and personal information is shared on the Internet. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of, you brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know, um, I'm the, as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required Secret Service protection. The media continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration. And certainly, this is the part, in my opinion, where she actually does a fairly, fairly good job at defending herself. But Jim Acosta's rebuttal is fairly uh, good, and he actually apologizes on behalf of everyone. That the press is not the enemy of the people. Are we to take it from what you just said? We all get. Put through the ringer. We all get put in the meat grinder in this town, and you're no exception. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. Right I wish that, that that had not happened. But for for the sake of this this room, the people who are in this room, this democracy, this country, all the people around the world are watching what you're saying, Sarah. And the White House for the United States of America, the President of the United States, should not refer to us as the enemy of the people. His own daughter acknowledges that. And all I'm asking you to do, Sarah, is to acknowledge that right now and right here. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. Um, I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. I'm here to speak on behalf of the President. He's made his comments clear. So, right there, I mean, she obviously states, she doesn't outwardly say it, but she may not agree with the president, and that's not her job to agree with the president. Her job is to uh, speak on behalf of the president and uh, his beliefs. Uh, we have a bunch of people watching right now, uh, I would presume for the headline of the president, uh, Pence delivering remarks about uh, the future of the United States military within space. Uh, I also want to point out that the podcast has been doing very, very well lately, and it's all because of everyone who has been listening. Uh, really, th that's really only the way that the podcast can grow, is if you listen, if you have other people listen, if you share it with other people, that really helps as well. Um, and we're going to try and continue this live coverage uh, for as long as we possibly can. Um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, we're getting a feed in right now. Uh, Vice President P 
Pence delivering remarks regarding the future of the United States military within space. The announcer is uh, uh, briefing everyone, saying that Pence is uh, coming out, and I believe that uh, James Mad Dog Mattis, the uh, Secretary of... Uh, yeah, yeah, James Mattis will be out there as well. Uh, he is on the defense team, his former military general. Uh, they will be briefing. I believe uh, Mr. Mattis is going, or General Mattis is going to be uh, introducing Mr. Pence, uh, and then they will uh, continue. We're also maybe going to get to some news, depending on how much time we have, about uh, Steven Seagal. This whole live coverage is brought to you by SE Ranking. More details about that after the break. Eight. Michael Pence. Well, good morning. They're in uh, Arlington, Virginia, and this is uh, General James Mattis good at morning. the podium. Please grab a seat. I assure you, uh, Mr. Vice President, that is for you, not for me. <laughs> Please, please. Uh, thank you for welcoming the Vice President, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they usually don't do that, anything like that when I'm talking alone, <laughs> sir, I assure you. But Mr. Vice President, Deputy Secretary Shanahan, uh, John Selva, all the members of the defense community here today, thank you for joining us. It's a great day for the Pentagon when we have our Vice President here, of course. And I would just tell you, Mr. Vice President, it's a pleasure to have you back here at the Pentagon today. Uh, and it's with a great deal of gratitude on many issues, but specifically this issue for your leadership and what you've done to remove any obstacles in our path, as only a Vice President can do. Uh, space is one of our vital national interests in the sense of our use of space, our operations in space, and it is becoming a contested warfighting domain and we have got to adapt to that reality. It's on par with the air, land, sea, and cyberspace domains in terms of it being contested, and it's now a domain in which must, we must be equally prepared as all of those other domains. It's no longer a new domain, it's a domain, and we've got to be able to compete, to deter, and to win. And following your remarks, Mr. Vice President, the Department of Defense will release our space report to Congress, reinforcing the specifics on how we're going to carry this forward. And that ref report reflects a clear-eyed view of the future as the Department takes the steps necessary now to implement President Trump's vision for a space force. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor to introduce the Vice President of the United States, Vice President Pence. Thank you, sir. As uh, Vice President Pence is shaking hands, I presume uh, that uh, Secretary of Defense James Mattis is going to stand right behind as he delivers his remarks. But without further ado, here's Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. Thank you. Secretary Mattis, uh, Deputy Secretary Shanahan, General Selva, General Goldfein, members of the Armed Forces of the United States of America, and all the men and women of the United States Department of Defense who each and every day oversee the greatest military in the history of the world. Thank you for all you do every day for the American people. my great honor, Mr. Secretary, to join you here today at the Pentagon. And let me begin by bringing greetings 
from your Commander-in-Chief, who has from the very earliest days of this administration proved himself to be a great champion of the armed forces of the United States committed to strengthening American security here on Earth and in space, I bring greetings from the 45th President of the United States of America, President Donald Trump. In his inaugural address to the nation, President Trump proclaimed that the United States stands, in his words, at the birth of a new millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space. And since day one of our administration, this president has kept his promise to restore America's proud legacy of leadership in space, believing that space is essential to our nation's security, prosperity, and our very way of life. Last year, after it had lain dormant for nearly a quarter century, President Trump revived the National Space Council to reinvigorate and coordinate space activities across our government. It's my great honor as Vice President to serve as the Chairman of the National Space Council. And I'm pleased to report that President Trump has already signed three new space policy directives to reorient our space program toward human exploration, unleash America's burgeoning commercial space companies, and safeguard our vital space assets with new space traffic management policy. But as Commander-in-Chief, President Trump's highest priority is the safety and security of the American people. And while too often previous administrations all but neglected the growing security threats emerging in space, President Trump stated clearly and forcefully that space is, in his words, a war-fighting domain just like land and air and sea. And just as we've done in ages past, the United States of America under his leadership will meet the emerging threats on this new battlefield with American ingenuity and strength to defend our nation, protect our people, and carry the cause of liberty and peace into the next great American frontier. In 1939, at the start of the Second World War, the U.S. Army Air Corps was still a fledgling organization. But as Nazi air forces bombed their way from Warsaw to London, our military commanders took decisive action then to meet that new threat head on. By 1945, the American military had nearly 30 times the number of planes and 85 times the number of pilots and support crews compared to just six years earlier. America and our allies emerged victorious from World War II because of the strength of our armed forces and because our armed forces adapted to meet the emerging threats of the day. We knew that air power had forever changed the nature of war, so we marshaled the resources and the will to build the most powerful air force the world had ever seen. And just two years after that terrible conflict, our nation created a new branch of service to secure American dominance in the skies for generations to come with the creation of the United States Air Force. Now the time has come to write the next great chapter in the history of our armed forces, to prepare for the next battlefield where America's best and bravest will be called to deter and defeat a new generation of threats to our people, to our nation. The time has come to establish the United States Space Force.
And that's what brings us here today. Seven weeks ago, President Trump directed the Department of Defense to immediately begin the process necessary to establish a space force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. The President made it clear that our ultimate objective is to create a new branch of our military that's separate from and equal to five other branches. Today, the Department of Defense will release a report outlining the first stages of our administration's plan to implement the President's guidance and turn his vision into a reality. This report reviews the national security space activities within the Department of Defense, and it identifies concrete steps that our administration will take to lay the foundation for a new Department of the Space Force. Now, to be clear, the Space Force will not be built from scratch, because the men and women who run and protect our nation's space programs today are already the best in the world. And since the dawn of the space age, America has remained the best in space. Over the past 60 years, the United States has assembled the largest and most sophisticated constellation of military and intelligence satellites in the world. We've pioneered the technology to leverage American power in space here on Earth and give our warfighters the intelligence that they need and give our intelligence community the information they need to maintain a strategic advantage wherever our warfighters are operating. Across this department and our intelligence agency, there are literally tens of thousands of military personnel, civilians, and contractors operating and supporting our space systems. And together, they're the eyes and ears of America's warfighters around the globe. And they do a remarkable job. I've seen their work firsthand. I traveled across the country to meet with the men and women who are fighting for America's future in space in my first year and a half on this job. From the airmen of the 50th Space Wing at Schriever Air Force Base, whose fleet of surveillance, navigation, and communication satellites increased the agility, precision, and effectiveness of our armed forces, to the engineers of the Missile Defense Agency at Redstone Arsenal in Alabama, who are forging the next generation of rockets to strengthen our missile defense, to the many other bases and facilities across the country where our men and women in uniform work together with our intelligence community and our allies to protect our people, our nation, and our interests around the world. And over the past 18 months, President Trump and our entire administration have taken decisive action to strengthen American power in space as well. President Trump recently signed the largest investment in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan. And that new defense budget included new resources for two cutting-edge military communication satellites and nearly a billion dollars for our space defense programs. And today, we renew the President's call on the Congress of the United States to invest an additional $8 billion in our space security systems over the next five years. The men and women of this department have also taken historic steps to secure American leadership in space. At the direction of Secretary Mattis, the Department of Defense is fielding a new generation of jam-resistant GPS and communication satellites, and new missile warning satellites that are smaller, tougher, and more maneuverable than ever before. And while these steps have been vital to our national defense, 
they're really only a beginning. They're only a beginning of meeting the rising security threats our nation faces in space today and in the future. As President Trump has said in his words, it is not enough to merely have an American presence in space. We must have American dominance in space, and so we will. And that's precisely why we're beginning the process of establishing the Space Force as the sixth branch of our armed forces. Just as in the past, when we created the Air Force, establishing the Space Force is an idea whose time has come. The space environment has fundamentally changed in the last generation. What was once peaceful and uncontested is now crowded and adversarial. Today, other nations are seeking to disrupt our space-based systems and challenge American supremacy in space as never before. For many years, nations from Russia and China to North Korea and Iran have pursued weapons to jam, blind, and disable our navigation and communication satellites via electronic attacks from the ground. But recently, our adversaries have been working to bring new weapons of war into space itself. In 2007, China launched a missile that tracked and destroyed one of its own satellites, a highly provocative demonstration of China's growing capability to militarize space. Russia has been designing an airborne laser to disrupt our space-based system, and it claims to be developing missiles that can be launched from an aircraft mid-flight to destroy American satellites. Both China and Russia have been conducting highly sophisticated on-orbit activities that could enable them to maneuver their satellites into close proximity of ours, posing unprecedented new dangers to our space systems. Both nations are also investing heavily in what are known as hypersonic missiles, designed to fly up to five miles per second at such low altitudes that they could potentially evade detection by our missile defense radars. In fact, China claimed to have made its first successful test of a hypersonic vehicle just last week. China and Russia are also aggressively working to incorporate anti-satellite attacks into their warfighting doctrines. In 2015, China created a separate military enterprise to oversee and prioritize its warfighting capabilities in space. As their actions make clear, our adversaries have transformed space into a warfighting domain already, and the United States will not shrink from this challenge. Under President Trump's leadership, we will meet it head on to defend our nation and build a peaceful future here on Earth and in space. America will always seek peace in space as on the Earth, but history proves that peace only comes through strength. And in the realm of outer space, the United States Space Force will be that strength in the years ahead. All right, so he's obviously acting very confident uh, there. He's expressed concerns over China, 
Yeah, I mean, they haven't even, the Trump administration itself, including Mr. Pence's, and from, especially in the space uh, arena, has rarely ever expressed any concern over China, and really, uh, in the past, I mean, looking even back in the 60s, when the when they made the moon landing in 1968, it was all about uh, Russia, and, and the Russian uh, space race, and that was the whole thing. I'm surprised and very curious as to see if he will bring up anything about Russia, but he's definitely... He's talked about the missiles, uh, the, uh, I believe, I, I, I don't know exactly what he called them, but he was talking about the missiles that could go five miles per hour, about the nations that are investing within them and everything. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to see exactly what he'll say, but before we do that, I do want to go ahead and thank our awesome sponsor for this, ep or awesome affiliate for this episode, excuse me, uh, SE Ranking. Uh, you, this episode of the podcast is affiliated with SE Ranking as a disclaimer, so you can go to j-story.com my website, and go to j-story.com slash se ranking to get a 14-day free trial, and also help support the show a lot. Uh, it, the SE ranking is awesome. It has 232 backlinks, 199 domains, uh, 78 anchors, um, 180 referring IPS. They have deep website audits. Uh, they have on-page SEO audits, white label, page changing monitoring, uh, keyword suggestion tool, marketing plans, social media auto posting. So much, so much stuff to just boost the um, the the recognition of your website and your brand on the internet. It is a phenomenal tool. I use, I use it myself for my website. Uh, I use it for my social media stuff. I recommend you use it, and you can get a 14-day free trial, something you normally can't do if you use the link, j-dordy.com slash ranking, and we thank them for the support of this episode of the J. Doherty Podcast, episode 32. We now return to Vice President Mike Pence. He's delivering remarks regarding the future of the United States military in space. ...newest armed service, Space Operations Force. Just like our special operations forces, a space operations force will draw men and women from across the military and will grow into their own unique and cohesive community. They'll support the combatant commands by providing space expertise in times of crisis and conflict. Third, this report calls for the creation of a new joint organization, the Space Development Agency, that will ensure the men and women of the Space Force have the cutting-edge warfighting capabilities that they need and deserve. While our adversaries have been busy weaponizing space, too often we have bureaucratized it. And over time, our ability to adapt to new and emerging threats has been stifled by needless layers of red tape. The Space Development Agency will break free from ineffective and duplicative bureaucratic structures to focus on innovation, experimentation, and forging the technologies of the future. Men and women of the Department of Defense have pioneered some of the most groundbreaking discoveries in our armed forces that literally have revolutionized our national defense in times of need. From General Schriever's creation of the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile to Admiral Rickover's development of the Navy's nuclear enterprise. And now, we must do our part to make bold breakthroughs, strengthen America's industrial base, and deliver the cutting-edge warfighting capabilities faster than our adversaries could ever imagine. And that's exactly what Americans will do.
I just really want to quickly make a correction. I didn't know what the missiles that were called that he referred to. They were hypersonic missiles, and he said five miles per uh, per second. It's actually that Russia has developed ones that are two miles per second. So I don't know if he touched on that, but uh, I just want to point that out. The United States Department of the Space Force. Creating a new branch of the military is not a simple process. It will require collaboration, diligence, and above all, leadership. As challenges arise, deadlines approach. There must be someone in charge who can execute, hold others accountable, and be responsible for the results. So we will create a single civilian position reporting to the Secretary of Defense to oversee the growth and expansion of this new branch of the service. This position will be a new Assistant Secretary of Defense for Space, and this leader will be key to the critical transition to a fully independent Secretary of the Space Force in the years ahead. President Trump and I are grateful, truly grateful to Secretary Mattis for this department's diligence in preparing this report. And our administration will soon take action to implement these recommendations with the objective of establishing the United States Department of the Space Force by the year 2020. Ultimately, Congress must act to establish this new department, which will organize, train, and equip the United States Space Force. Our administration is already working with leaders in the Congress to do just that. We're building bipartisan support for our plan, working closely with committee counterparts like Congressman Mac Thornberry and Congressman Adam Smith. Congressman Mike Rogers and Congressman Jim Cooper. Next February, in the President's budget, we will call on the Congress to marshal the resources we need to stand up the Space Force. And before the end of next year, our administration will work with the Congress to enact the statutory authority for the Space Force in the National Defense Authorization Act. Our nation's armed forces have always been the vanguard of advancing American leadership here on Earth and beyond. The Space Force is the next and natural evolution of American military strength. The first American rockets in space were launched by our military. The first American satellites to orbit the Earth were on reconnaissance missions, peering behind the Iron Curtain. The first Americans to step forward to venture into the unknown were the world's greatest aviators and test pilots from the Navy the Air Force, and the Marine Corps. And the next generation of Americans to confront the emerging threats in the boundless expanse of space will be wearing the uniform of the United States of America as well. Again, he's showing that very uh, confident theme of American pride and everything. Uh, we'll continue. I believe I'll he's probably going to wrap up uh, fairly soon. We'll continue to, to listen. And we expect you all to do the same. And to all the men and women of this department, this is the moment. Now's the time to act quickly using all the tools at your disposal to lead our nation forward with President Trump's vision to meet the challenges that lie ahead. There's much work to do. Success will demand the very best of each of you. So be bold, be created, unencumbered by the past or the status quo. And remember, when it comes to defending our nation and protecting our way of life, the only thing we can't afford is inaction. The American people deserve our very best, and they will have it. 
As the President will discuss in further detail in the days ahead, the United States Space Force will strengthen our security. It will ensure our prosperity. And it will also carry American ideals into the boundless expanse of space. While other nations increasingly possess the capability to operate in space, not all of them share our commitment to freedom, private property, and the rule of law. So as we continue to carry American leadership in space, so also will we carry America's commitment to freedom into this new frontier. Uh, really exercising his uh, American beliefs. He's actually being very patriotic. Uh, I think the speech is actually so is written very well. Now we'll continue to, to see uh, what he have says. always done in ages past, to lead with strength and a pioneering spirit into the future. Under the leadership of President Trump, our Commander-in-Chief, we will take the first bold steps to ensure our security on Earth and in outer space with renewed American strength. And as we embark, we, we do so with faith. Faith in all of you who've answered the call to serve in the uniform of the United States of America at such a time as this in the life of our nation. Faith to all the incredible civilian personnel who serve here in the Department of Defense with equal devotion to our nation. And we do so with that other kind of faith as well. Just as generations of Americans have have carried those who have taken to the skies in the defense of freedom born upon their prayers, I want to assure all of you who will be called to this enterprise that you can be confident. You can be confident that you will go with the prayers of millions of Americans who will claim on your behalf, as generations have claimed before, those ancient words that if you rise on the wings of the dawn, if you settle on the far side of the sea, even if you go up to the heavens, even there his hand will guide you. His right hand will hold you fast. And he will hold fast this great nation in the great beyond. So thank you for your service to the country, for all of you have been called to serve in our armed forces. With your unwavering commitment, with the courage of our men and women in uniform, with the continued support of the American people, with the vision and leadership of our Commander-in-Chief, and with God's help, I know we will give America the defense she needs here on Earth and in the outer reaches of space. Thank you, and God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. That was actually a very good speech, I have to admit. Uh, it was very, very good. Uh, very well written. It almost seems like he's the president in a way, uh, even though he's uh, in numerous times throughout the speech, he's uh, thanked President Trump for his leadership and everything. But we do also want to go to some breaking news. I'm getting another feed here. There was audio leaked of uh, Nunez's comments at a fundraiser. This is Representative Nunez. He's a Republican from California. This audio was just leaked. I've not heard it. Uh, let's take a look uh, and see what, what has happened here because uh, this is is brand new. I was just told that this was leaked out. Here's Representative Nunez from California. So there in lies, so it's like your classic catch-22 situation where I mean, we're at a, this is what puts us in such a tough spot. If Sessions won't unrefuse, Mueller won't clear the president, we're the only one. 
which is really the danger. That's why I keep, and thank you for saying that, by the way. I mean, we have to keep all these things. We have to keep the majority. If we do not keep the majority, all of this goes away. So, uh, I believe that's, yes, that's the only audio that was actually leaked. Uh, every network is now doing a finalization of it, of course. Uh, but, yes, that was just uh, leaked out uh, very recently. So, uh, very interesting there to follow. We'll have more details on uh, another episode of the Jade Wardy Podcast. This has been, uh, we've been streaming about in 45 minutes. We had a pretty long uh, wait time. We just wanted to time it very perfectly, so we weren't wasting anyone's time. I'm on the actual recording. We are recording this episode, if you're listening on the recording. Uh, hello. Uh, this is going on the podcast. If you're listening on uh, Stitcher Radio or iTunes or the website, let me know. Email me, j at if you want to. Um... Yes, uh, this episode, of course, was affiliated with uh, SE Ranking. We appreciate their support. I don't know if there's much more to say uh, for this episode. I believe that's it. Uh, we'll have more coverage. Uh, perhaps we'll talk more about uh, what a Steven Seagal has been appointed uh, in the next episode. He was a former, he's an actor, uh, and uh, as Bill Leff says, the best uh, hair dye job in the world. Uh, if you listen to WGN Radio. Uh, speaking of which, I did want to uh, give, uh, really, as he did for me, I wanted to give John Williams, a host on uh, WGN Radio, a big shout-out. He, he uh, l- let me actually go on air. It's a WGN, if you don't know, I've talked about it a bit in the past on the podcast a very long time ago, uh, because my cousin is actually an executive producer over there. Mike Heideman, he, uh, I interviewed him, uh, hopefully we can have him back on the show someday very soon, um, but he, John Williams, uh, actually, I, I was interning there over the summer, he let me go on air, he saw what I was doing, if you want to listen to that, uh, maybe I'll play it in the next episode, I have the soundbite downloaded on my computer, I might play it, uh, there on the next episode, uh, of the podcast, uh, if not, you'll be able to find it at WGNRadio.com, if you want to learn more about me, if this is the first time, well, welcome, hopefully you subscribe, hopefully you like the content leave us a review on itunes or stitcher or whatever it really actually does help the show uh we've had a grow we continue to have more listeners on the podcast it really is very motivating to see all the people who are listening i appreciate everyone listening to the podcast uh you're right now listening to a track it's called alive it's called alive excuse me by ne- uh, Nexlo. uh this is the jay Doherty podcast see you next time